It's the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Whoa. Whoa. I disagree with that. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it is that. <laughs> Are you going to challenge it? Though? I'm not going to challenge it. No, no. I, I agree with that message, although I didn't get to say it. It's no. the Meg, John and Justin podcast, though. I said it. Well, yay. yay. <laughs> very, very fast. <laughs> yeah, we're tra- I thought that we'd agree that we were going to like do it differently each time. That's right. And then we're going to tune into the moment and, and do whatever. And you tuned into like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Today is about disagreeing, dear Disagreements, listener. Disagreements, yes. Welcome back, dear listener, dear gentle listener, yeah. and the ear pals, and smooth listeners, and the textured listener. And the rough listener. And the rough listener. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to do one about um, how to disagree with people. Yes. And also about challenging people as well, and the, some of the differences there. Yeah, and this is, I mean, I thought you, you suggested this, and I thought it's a brilliant one to do, and I thought you wanted to do it because you'd done that excellent blog post um, on Bish over Christmas, and it was kind of post-election around mm-hmm. how to disagree with people, which was very timely, I thought, for post-election and also for being potentially with family with different views. Yeah. Um, so I would suggest to listeners to go check out that excellent blog post. Thank you. But I think you were actually inspired to do this, like, not not necessarily by writing no, that at I'd all. I've actually <laughs> almost forgotten that I did that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, it's just something that I've been thinking mm-hmm. um, lately about the, that uh, there is this kind of idea of um, a culture war. Uh, I think I'm not sure that I think it's a very useful term because I think that we've always been needing to talk about um, racism and sexism and ableism and classism Mm -hmm. and transphobia transphobia and homophobia and biphobia. Fatphobia, whorephobia, acephobia. We've always needed to talk about those things. And actually, I think that, um, you know, if there is any kind of backlash happening at the moment, I think it's probably, it might be related to the fact that we are all more talking about it now and this... um, so I think it's uh, important uh, that we're ha- that we're more able to have these conversations with people, and so I was just kind of thinking that it might be good to do some kind of work for us to do some kind of work about how we can go about having these kinds of conversations mm. with people in ways that um, within the context of relationships might feel useful and valuable, absolutely, and okay, and because um, mm. actually it's really important yeah. uh, that we all. It's really important that we all learn about different forms of oppression and, mm-hmm. and the different harms that they're doing. And I yeah. think that's something that people are getting, uh, people are more informed about that than in a way that they have, mm-hmm. that they weren't uh, certainly like say 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important that we're all able to do that work within the context of our systems and our relationships and our peers and, mm. um, and um, and how we go about doing that in ways that can be um, uh, gentle and firm rather than hard <laughs> and soft. Yeah, like I suppose questions about like how do we yeah how do we retain relationships through disagreement mm-hmm. um, come in here and and I thought your you know your opening question as well like what what is the difference between challenging oppressive behaviour versus having a disagreement you know I think starting to just tease apart you know what's the territory here but also just I guess we just recently did a a podcast on our Patreon Mm -hmm. uh, feed around gentleness Mm. as well and we talked a lot on there about sort of fanning the flames versus not you know Mm. so if there's a if there is you know a lot of conflict out there in the world at the moment Mm. how do we engage in areas where we have disagreements that doesn't just escalate everything and make matters worse yeah but but equally isn't us just not engaging when actually these are incredibly important things to be engaging with um how do we engage in the most useful ways possible i suppose yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's that the, there's a lot of noise in every room and just mm. trying to shout louder than everyone else isn't necessarily always yeah. going to be the way to do it and there are kind of smarter ways to mm-hmm. to do that um, which doesn't mean you should always be doing those because it doesn't necessarily on you and you know there are times when it's very valid to walk away yeah. either from a specific disagreement or from a whole relationship and we'll kind of touch on what some of those might be so on the podcast so that's everything that we're going to try and talk about yes. it's probably going to be a bigger one because we've got yeah, a lot of notes lot. Yeah, um, yeah. so um so let's start with this then the the difference between um challenging someone and disagreeing mm. with someone so for me i think that um 
if I was running a training course, mm. uh, there'd be times when I'd be facilitating a disagreement, but there, w- there would be times where I'd be challenging what somebody has said. Yeah. And a challenge would be if someone is saying something which is prejudiced yeah. or um, discriminatory yeah. and is um, causing harm, causing mm-hmm. offence, um, something where they, a comment where someone is denying that someone has rights or denying people's existence or saying that. Um, that a marginalised group um, is lesser than yeah. the the dominant than yeah. the dominant group. So sort of actually oppressive behaviour or oppressive speech yeah. would be somewhere where you'd want to challenge. Whereas disagreement is more like where there's a conflict of views or opinions, mm-hmm. where there's validity mm-hmm. in both positions potentially, yeah. or even if not, it's not it's not the someone's being harmed. It's the more there's an expression of different beliefs or values or yeah yeah which could there could be some uh, harm in the in if those if the arguments that people were making were put in so if someone's having like a political discussion if a mm. Tory yeah. is having a, a if a right wing person is having a a, com, a a disagreement with someone from the left mm. um, it's possible that that the person on the left. I mean, we're both people of the left. Yeah. We would find that someone's making right-wing arguments, then they are inherently harmful. Yeah. They're not causing, they're not harm, harmful in the same way as that they are harmful to the people in the room. Yeah, that's a really good way to see it. And making people less safe and yeah. putting people at risk. It reminds me of this conversation ongoing, which maybe we want to do a podcast on at some time as well, is sort of the difference between abuse and conflict. Mm. Um, so there's a book uh, Sarah Shulman wrote recently called Conflict is Not Abuse, mm-hmm. making the point that these days we often mistake conflict for abuse were too easy perhaps to say someone's being abusive when actually it's a a valid conflict Mm. it is more of a disagreement that we should be able to have a free exchange of ideas without naming it abuse yeah but i when i was thinking it through i thought also it goes the other way often we see things as conflict when actually there is abuse of power going on and it can be very hard to see that from because of gaslighting and all kinds of other things and perhaps what's useful here is um something i get from Alexi and Taffy, friend of the show. Um, one of one of Alex's tattoos is discernment. Ah. And it's like, so the thing here is, how do we discern? How do we discern mm. when it's abuse or oppressive behaviour, whereby power there's an exchange of power in an abusive or oppressive way, yeah. versus it's a conflict or it's a degree disagreement where perhaps the power is more evenly balanced. And of course, you know that's not going to necessarily be always completely easy to discern the difference between those two it's not that there's you know there is conflict and there is abuse Mm. and they are completely distinct you know sometimes there's going to be power imbalances in a conflict situation which turns it into something that is more like a more an abusive or oppressive thing definitely yeah i think there's something a bit more to add when we get to it about Mm. about when we begin to talk about disagreements about um being in good faith or bad faith yes. there's a thing there about how we disagree and there's some of the things we might say but i but guess good, just yeah sorry for this first point mm-hmm. here about challenging is that um so if someone is saying something around us not necessarily in a training course because we're not all delivering training courses all the time <laughs> sadly for me because i really enjoy doing that if anyone yeah. listening to this would like to book me to come and run a training course for them or me i do them yeah. too they're great so you know yeah. Bloody love it! It's yeah. the I think it's the thing I'm probably best at, and yeah. very few of you will know that because uh, no one has made for training courses anymore. But anyway, yeah. um, do bookers <laughs> <laughs> contact us for our website. Um, mm. uh, but so if we're challenging a comment um, mm. with people that were around, if we feel safe enough, yeah. and if that comment um, isn't necessary, we might feel safe enough to challenge what somebody is saying and to say. Um, this thing that you're saying is causing harm. Yeah. Um, we might feel able to do that if we are not the person being affected. So yeah. what we're, the first thing to say here is that you shouldn't feel like you have to challenge something if it's going to make you unsafe. Precisely. Your safety is the most important thing. So if you're belonging to mm. a minority group um, or you're feeling like you're being attacked by this person, yeah. then you can just completely disengage and that's completely fine and yeah. that's completely Keep yourself okay. safe enough is like rule number one. And it, you know, in general, it shouldn't be on the most marginalized people to no. always be doing that kind of challenging. So, you know, in an ideal world, you're in a situation where other folks yeah. can 
notice that that's happening yeah and uh, say something about it yeah mm -hmm. and there might if this is an in-person thing there might be a point at which you, once you've made yourself safe mm. that you could work with someone else that you know who might be able to act as some kind of intermediary yeah, to keep yeah. you safer in the future mm -hmm. um if it's an online thing, you know, mute, block. Yes, uh, <laughs> please, yeah. Uh, you know, we, that we can curate our online conversations in that way just as we can in our offline mm, conversations. Mm. So we're not putting the, the emphasis on the, on, on the person who is most marginalised doing most of the work here. Or the person, yeah, the person who is directly harmed by the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, again, for wider situations of abuse versus conflict, that's helpful, isn't it, that... In those situations where it really is an abusive dynamic, it's really good to get other people involved on your behalf rather than yeah. you having to do all of that work with somebody who's behaving abusively. I think also we'll talk about this in a mm. bit when we talk about feelings, but if you're being attacked in that way, it can be very, very triggering. It can yeah. be very difficult um, for you even to challenge effectively yeah. as well. It can be really... So it's so you're putting yourself more at risk by mm. potentially outing yourself or demonstrating that you're vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and and making... Um, no, you're not demonstrating you're vulnerable. You are... The other person is utilising, is, is attacking you and, and therefore you're putting yourself even more in the firing line if you were to mm. fight back, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes fighting back is not the answer, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also you might not even be able to be effective in that moment if you're finding yourself mm. in fight mode uh, or flight mode, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, and if you're just, and if it comes out as um, screaming at someone, yeah. um, it's probably not even going to work. Yeah, or for one, you know, you may, you may go into more of a people-pleasing mode to yeah. stay safe and that, you know, again, you may not get your message across that way. Yeah. So again, great if somebody who does intervene can be the person less directly affected perhaps who's more able to 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 do that well that's the thing mm. that we all need to do as well because also there are lots of invisible oppressions that we don't know are happening yeah so mm. um so that's where we'll need to be noticing if someone is saying something or we're finding mm. that is harmful for society generally rather than necessarily something that is directly harming us yeah or harming someone that we love or harming someone that we know mm -hmm. then we need to act in that way as well, not just as allyship, but as because it's the right and ethical thing to do. Absolutely, and guess that's something about monitoring. Yeah, I had this come up recently where something happened that was harmful at an event I was at, and I wasn't as directly impacted as another person. And then I could kind of check in with myself and think, yes, I feel comfortable going to somebody and saying something about this, mm. um, as you know, not like the directly impacted person who shouldn't have to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good kind of rule of thumb. And mm -hmm. obviously it's an ideal situation where there are folks like that involved. But it's, you know, I guess at the moment, you know, or maybe just in general, it is worth thinking how we engage with events, what events we engage with, whether we can... I would, gen I would generally only go to something these days if I was going with a friend or, yeah. or more than one person that I knew and felt safe with yeah. um, so that we could have each other's back, you know, because a lot of events these kinds of conversations are going to come up and not everybody is going to get it and I don't mm. want it to be on me if I am in a trauma sort no. of trigger to have to deal with that stuff no exactly yeah um, so that's oh. worth for that's so that's worth thinking about for people who uh, are not from a marginalised group or not from many of the marginalised groups if you're putting on events to try and make people feel safer. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. And like thinking about what that would in, what that would need mm. um, to happen and yeah, ground rules, agreements. Mm. Um, also, who's the makeup of the group? You know, are you setting up? I've done. I've been uh, guilty of this in the past myself of not thinking enough about the fact that there were really only a few people from some very marginalized groups in an event where mm. there were a whole bunch of people who were really ignorant and then I was in that situation of having to facilitate mm. a conversation where somebody was being offensive mm -hmm. and I went too far on that trying to like keep everybody happy rather than calling out that behavior mm. um, because yeah, I, I didn't have it um, so it is yeah. yeah really important I think if you're facilitating events or conversations I guess on something on social media that you curate yourself to think about what you can handle and what you can't yeah and yeah what other kind of rules of engagement are mm -hmm. mm. and the last thing I'm challenging here is about literally what 
people might say that might be useful. Yeah. Um, the one of the mantras that we have on uh, in my kind of in my world when we do training courses is to challenge the comment, not the person. Yeah. Obviously, the comment comes from a person, mm-hmm. um, and so it's so we we can't we can't just take a, a, a comment as just being someone that someone said that no one has to be accountable for. That person has to be accountable for what they said. Yeah. But to be able to be very specific about the thing being said and say mm. and say why it is that it's harmful and to leave it and to leave it there and to, yeah. for it to be to to have been said. I think the point of a challenge is to is really about keeping uh, uh the space that you're in as safe as everyone thought it was yeah. you know to to keep it as safe as can be mm-hmm. rather than necessarily changing someone's mind this yeah. is not about so this is the difference between challenging and disagreeing is that it's really about mm. i for me it's about know that that is a harmful thing we can't have harmful things said here yeah the reason that causes harm is this yes um and then that person then it needs to be on that person mm-hmm. to deal with that and it should be a little easier it's never very easy to hear that you fucked up um but it should be a little easier on someone if it's a specific this behavior to be able to go oops you know I did, that isn't something i knew about thanks thanks for letting me know yeah whereas if you have sort of labeled them a bad person in some way that that's very hard for anyone to hear um yeah. but it's such a difficult situation because you know people have so much shame in mm-hmm. our capitalist culture mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know sometimes it is going to take people and people have a, often a very big investment in being a good person as well so it can be very hard to hear something that sounds like they're being told they're a bad person yeah people do tend to get quite defensive so i guess that's on all of us to do our work mm. to recognize that we are going to make mistakes sometimes and think about what do we need and usually we will need a bit of space and reflection mm. on something like that when it comes up because usually it will be quite hard to hear yeah um so yeah i think everyone trying to do their work around that and i think that um again speaking of some i mean i personally i'm uh from i'm not from a marginalized uh community but if someone is saying to me that a thing that i've said Mm. is racist or sexist or transphobic or homophobic or biphobic or Mm -hmm. classist or ableist Mm -hmm. um uh, it's it's for me to recognize that what they're saying is that the thing it's uh, there's a problem with the thing that i've said yeah and for me there is not to go you know i might feel a lot of shame and a lot of difficult Mm. feelings about doing any of uh, about that and i might need to just take myself away for a second or give myself a minute to think about that um but ideally i would not be doubling down i wouldn't argue with them yeah and i wouldn't kind of lash out yeah and that sadly mm-hmm. uh all too often that is what happens well i think that's a, a good thing i'm finding it quite useful to keep that in mind is like how do we generally or how does our culture generally respond to these kind of things you know it's generally minimizing denial like blame the victim mm. it's kind of rape myths really yeah. is, is the way we tend to respond and so at least your your go-to can be okay i won't do those things you know the person needs to just be heard you know, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely, it's valid. Yeah. I'm going to go away and reflect on that. Yeah. And probably put a big gap, you know, if you can. Yeah. Just probably say, you know, I'm going to take my time on this because it's important. Um, rather than responding in the moment, which yeah. m- is likely to either be a blame or shame response. Because that's where we tend to habitually go. Because either putting it on that person or, you know, collapsing into shame yourself. And that's where it almost ends up being their labour to then look after you because yeah. you're in such a state and that yeah. shouldn't be their, their job either. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but go to your mates because you might need some looking after. Yeah. Um, but that will be the kind of looking after that's like gentle and firm that helps you reflect on the thing. So that's yeah. the thing is that we've also done a podcast about this recently, How to oh, Be Accountable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, so that's how we're... So that's, let's leave the... That's challenging. Yeah, we wanted to focus more on the disagreements yeah. but in this podcast because, yeah, we have done a bit on accountability before. It's going to be a long podcast. Certainly <laughs> everyone. We're yeah. 18 minutes in. Yeah. We're just at disagreements in. So minutes. we've discerned between challenging and disagreeing. So disagreeing, we're talking about things where we have a different opinions or different yeah. beliefs or mm-hmm. different values on things. Um, no one is being directly harmed. Yeah. Um, although we might believe that that person's belief could be harmful in a more general way, mm-hmm. but we're talking about 
I disagree. Yeah, at that moment in time, yeah. people are not being harmed yes. by a thing being said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, disagreements are okay. Right? Yeah. So it would be very dull <laughs> if we all agreed on everything. I would prefer <laughs> if everyone agreed with me. But I you agree know, with I you by and large. <laughs> by and large. <laughs> you know, I'm just whittling down my, my friends and colleagues to yeah. just, you know, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna, you're not going to have many people in your life if you only have people who agree with you. No. Yeah. And we actually disagree with each other on yeah. the podcast as well. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, not violently, obviously. No. You know, we don't like, <laughs> well, we've never had a fight. But yeah. also, um, it, even our disagreements are quite, you know... Uh, not very far away from each other but the thing is is that mm. it's it that we can't just make someone the ideal object for us you know yeah. that we've got to see someone else as being a subject with their own understanding of the world and we are a subject with our understanding of the world yeah and it's about seeing them as a human not yes. seeing them as someone that is a useful resource in our lives we've talked about that so many yeah times, yeah yeah so a, that's a really like thing we come back to all the time right at the front isn't it don't treat people as things yeah and it's I suppose we're saying in a disagreement or a conflict situation, it can be really easy to slip into treating someone as a thing yeah. as like somehow it becomes a real problem for us to hear that they have a different view and we feel like we have to fix that and make them in alignment with us or something. And I think it stops us from being, if we, if we see someone as a thing and treat them as a thing, it stops us from doing the thing, which is actually really helpful, which is to be curious about yeah. them and mm-hmm. to really try to like understand their to get into their shoes and to understand how they're seeing the world. Absolutely. This would, you know, it's a kind of a bigger question for me then is about actually what are the conditions under which relationships flourish? You know, we want the conditions where it can be possible to disagree and that can feel safe enough. So one of the questions around relationships much more broadly for me and friendships would be like, how do we create the conditions in which we can have safe disagreements? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but so... Before we get to that point, we need to uh, try to discern. Yes. This is a word I'm going to keep using now. I like that. Right. Discern. It's so good. Yeah. Um, is this, uh, is the person that you're having a disagreement with disagreeing with you in good or bad faith? Yeah. Like, so we've already got that it's a disagreement, not a challenge. Yeah. And now we get to, is it a good or bad faith disagreement? So what's a bad faith disagreement? Like if someone is disagreeing with you just because they want to wind you up. Yeah. Uh, or just because they want to be contrary. Yeah. Or because they want to play, oh my God, I hate it when people Playing play devil's, devil's advocate. devil's advocate. <laughs> devil's advocate people just, yeah. just don't. get fucked. Yeah. Just you know yeah. just go away yeah exactly <laughs> stop that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if they're doing it to put you down make themselves feel better or if they're in it to win like yeah. i'm not really interested in disagreement where we're both trying to win no. it's like that's not that's why i really hate debate like that feel, oh, that whole I thing hate debates. I, well, hate debates so I hate much. the fact that our country is so based on people who've learned how to debate because as soon as you're like in it to win then you're not in it to really hear and learn, right? Well, our whole political and judicial system is based around that. <sighs> yeah, and that's why it's broken it's and broken. wrong. It's so broken. Yeah. It's so broken. <laughs> um, we are not promising not to speak about politics. It's just yeah. we're always talking about it. But anyway. Um, yeah. So, so really helpful, I think, that idea of yours of like how, yeah, just getting that sense. And I think it is a bit feeling into your body of like, is, is this... I think you can kind of feel it when someone's in bad faith that there's yeah. not that sense of integrity or they're using sneaky you know tactics to win rather than they're actually hearing you this is the thing i was going to talk about before mm. is that um if people are you apply a kind of like um fighting dirty yeah. so if they know where you're um that you're feeling um if they know that you are feeling quite riled up about something or they know that you have a particular kind of vulnerability are they probing away at a particular vulnerability yeah are they trying to be you know is it coming from a place of being like cocky and um and make them put it making themselves feel bigger by making you smaller yeah i guess if you you feel like you're shrinking a bit or you're made you're feeling small then that's probably a sign it's not great. And that where you could get into meta conversations there about like, how do we like to do this? And, you know, could be a difference between you. Like some people really love the cut and thrust of a kind of more debate style argument. Yeah. And it could be like, you can make that agreement between you. Like that's not something you like, but it is something they like. Who are the, who are the people who really enjoy that? And can the rules yeah. of engagement then be clear? Like yeah. that they can have 
this person that they meet with and they have those kinds of debates and really enjoy it but they don't do it with you if you're not someone who <laughs> enjoys that at no, all. Exactly. or at least you make it clear okay it's one of those type right you know let's in get that, into it then in that case i'm yeah. out or, yeah yeah fine or, yeah i'm up for it yeah. you know if we're just discussing about whether this movie was a good one or not you know but maybe i'm not up for it about politics yeah. i think one thing to kind of think about here as well this is kind of this is all in the meta bit isn't it it's yeah. about the, the setup is to think about how much does this mean to you yeah. so if this is like a an eight out of ten topic for you, um, mm. then and it's like a four out of ten topic for someone else, yeah. then um, then actually it might be worth just not having an argument. So if it means one per one thing for one person more than the other, mm. then it might be that you can't have that kind of disagreement in a or you'd have to figure out ways to do the disagreeing where one person is paying a lot more attention to what the other person's saying yeah. and maybe there is a different kind of dynamic going on. And super good if you could have that in a consensual kind of check-in way like you know you're not always going to get this right because often we find ourselves like pulled into these things before we realize it but if you could be noticing hey this other person feels a bit heated about this you know check in around you know is this feeling like something you actually want to talk about right now? Um, and not shaming somebody for having a personal investment you know maybe this is really live for them at the moment or you know they're just not in a really great place to be having these kinds of disagreements you can kind of do that during it as well and you can kind of notice if someone's arguing in bad faith and using like like um poor tactics or i'm I'm Mm. saying fighting dirty it sounds like it's a stigmatizing kind of phrase but uh it's like a but you know if like um someone's uh not playing by the agreed rules of an argument yeah. or something so i was having a discussion a few weeks ago with someone who i didn't know but i knew his um wife at the pub and it turns out he has very very different political views to me and he heard me talking about jeremy corbyn and then he wanted to talk oh, to me boy. about yeah um the all he's basically all right and mm-hmm. um but sadly i've kind of uh was chatting to him before that and he seemed like a nice guy so mm. i was kind of chatting and obviously you know uh, it changed my opinion of him very dramatically, but we got into this discussion. And, you know, I'm trying to convince him about how it's actually socialism uh, that is that we need, not uh, some conspiracy theory that uh, suggests that um, uh, that uh, that wokeness, in inverted commas, is made up and that we don't need to have it. And, or, oh. Yeah. Or, ah, anyway. yeah. Um, but the thing that he was doing was... Um, shifting the terms of the argument constantly so yeah. rather than kind of engaging me on one argument on one point mm. he would shift it to something else he was doing it's known as water battery yeah um, mm-hmm. and and doing playing a lot of basically a lot of his arguments were very rehearsed and very annoying and then i was just saying just don't do that because you know mm. now we're not even really talking about the same thing and you keep yeah. doing that and it's yeah. kind of annoying so you know and anyway uh, i might talk about him later on because um, mm. as it turned out, we both, you know, we both loved the pub and we had other things. <laughs> we had common ground rather than a middle ground. But, mm. um, but yeah, we can you kind of notice during them if you're able to do this to have a disagreement where you're really not where it, where things aren't really really heated for you, and you're able mm. to kind of quite calmly see what's going on then you might be able to talk about what's going wrong in terms of the process yeah during it as well and it's always really helpful i got this from you know the therapy training i did it's like when when things get start to feel hard it's often really good to shift from content to process yeah not always easy to do but it could be like a really valuable thing to bear in mind it's Mm. like oh this isn't feeling like it's getting us very far can we talk about what the process is that we think we're doing here for a little bit before we get back to the content yeah and maybe it turns out yeah one person's trying to win while while the other person is trying to learn about a situation or something yeah exactly on the same page of what you're doing that's one of the things that we talk about a lot isn't it and people Mm. you to really think about the process is um it's probably one of our mantras i reckon mj it probably is um the other thing to be aware, so moving into the actual content of your yeah. disagreement, like be aware if be aware about how much you know. Yeah, this is really wise. I like this. So, so the thing for me here is that sometimes I get into, I've been in disagreements with people where I know very little about what it is that they're saying. And so what I've tried to do over recent uh, years, or say the last ten years, mm. is to listen yeah. <laughs> to the other person. If I res- if they're arguing with me in good faith, mm-hmm. and I know them, yeah. and um, I believe that uh, 
they know more about this and that there's something valuable for me to learn here, mm. then I might still disagree, but I'm going to be listening to everything they're saying. Yeah. You know, I'll keep my one good ear pinned back because yeah. I think there are sometimes it's just better to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst also sometimes saying things like, well, but I thought, or isn't this a thing? Or, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand this bit. And f- so for you to be in good faith getting informed whilst mm. during a process of a disagreement I think is a very useful thing yeah alternatively I've been in positions because I've been mainlining all these left-wing podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> that I get into conversations with people which are where I am just basically like just yelling at them about <laughs> neoliberalism and politics and yeah. uh, decline in um, local uh, politics and things like that and actually that I found that to be unhelpful as well because I'm kind of doing it at them rather than yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is, the, I think that we need to recognise where we could learn from someone else, but we mm-hmm. also need to recognise when we're just kind of playing a bit. I guess what I'm, what I, what I, I guess sometimes do with people is, is not to be fair to them by. Yeah. by yelling at them where there is somewhere you you know a lot i suppose that could be back to process as well of like maybe checking in in the early stages of like where are we on our existing knowledge about this subject mm. is this is this a disagreement or would it be better seen as an educational moment where one of us knows a lot more about this than the other so we'll we'll agree yeah. not to, not to make it a disagreement until such time as that person has more information yeah. like yeah yeah definitely yeah um, but also, I think that it's really important that we that 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 we're not that if we know if we're honest with ourselves and we know that our opinion isn't really based in fact, yeah, or that we don't know enough about something, or that we could if we know that we could have read yeah. a book about something or listened to a couple of podcasts or something yeah. or done a bit of thinking about this, and yet we're still holding on to, onto this opinion. Yeah, you need to be dialing that opinion right down. Yeah, right? you need to make that opinion much smaller until you can inform it and make it grow a little bit bigger. I think. For example, those who want to argue with me that gender is binary. Yes. <laughs> it's not thing a conversation then, I want to have in the No, point. but the thing is is that they're not arguing in good faith, are they? No, they're exactly. doing that and so yeah. that that they are conflating mm. they're, they're both harming you. Yeah, actually it goes into challenging. Yeah. But even if that was in more good faith, it's like do you go and learn a bit about you know, I feel like I have been studying this for long enough that yeah. I have a pretty informed opinion on this one. Yes. <laughs> you really do. Yep. Anyhow. Uh, and other things. so um yeah so get your facts straight yeah one i think yeah um um, so this is sort of getting into what is the aim of a disagreement i think really it is like for me it is like one thing that i learned from my i've been kind of reflecting on when i got trained to be a facilitator Mm. years ago um, again, I'm available. I'm quite reasonably priced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for, facilitating your workplace and everything. Um, but I was reflecting on uh, on some of the things that I learned there. And one of the activities that we do is um, it's called like a, a values activity. And basically uh, there are kind of written statements written on bits mm. of card in the room. And we have to say whether we value it, don't value it or value it for other people. Mm. And one of the extra rules of this game was that we were only allowed to use I statements and to speak for ourselves. Mm. And so the point was not to get into disagreements with each other and not to argue with each other, but for lots and lots of different opinions within the confines of the group agreement uh, could be heard. Nice. And heard with genuine curiosity and Mm. empathy. So I think almost disagreements, I think, when they work really well, are about... um, people learning mm. and are about people understanding people's feelings as well yeah. and understanding and maybe even getting a sense of, uh, of, of empathy of trying to uh, of having some kind of awareness of what they might, that person might be what yeah. people might be feeling about something what might it be like to, to have this different worldview where might that come from yeah, yeah. so it's sort of like you know, your aim is not to win no your aim is not even to find the middle ground like you were saying it's like the recognition that are various possible outcomes from a disagreement yeah but that the the ideal situation is i suppose you know again consent mm-hmm. you know is that nobody is pushed and anywhere they don't want to be yeah and curiosity and openness to learning mm. um when i was doing couples therapy 
um, often I started out with people by saying, look, there are a lot of different possible outcomes mm -hmm. of this particular conflict or disagreement that you're mm -hmm. having. Um, and that seemed really helpful mm -hmm. to get that sense that there are many different ways this might go rather than having that sense of one outcome would be better. Yeah. So people might go in thinking, well, the best case scenario is this person comes to agree with me mm -hmm. instead of disagree with me. And I'm like, well, OK, one outcome is one of us may move towards the other mm -hmm. in either direction. Another outcome might be that we do find a middle ground or a compromise position. Mm -hmm. Another one is that we might agree to differ yeah. um, and that'd be okay. Another one is we might recognize this is an ongoing tension between us that's likely to keep coming up and that's really useful to notice, but yeah. there are always going to be some. And another might be, oh, actually, this is such a big difference, say, in values that our relationship needs to end or change because of it. And all of those options are possible yeah. and none of them are bad, you know, no. that it's just we get more information and we figure out where we are. Um, it, that's really interesting when I'm thinking about it because in that way, a disagreement is giving us data and information about the future mm. of our relationship. Yeah. So it could be that you have a disagreement with someone that you're that we don't know that well, but we know they're in our circle. And that mm. disagreement uh, could mean that we become really connected to that person. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's um, what Alex calls conflict intimacy, right? Right. Um, you know, that it can really connect us to... Well, this is the, one yeah. of the other things I, that I was thinking about was that in, um, in... I think that in when we're having a disagreement with someone, because we're, we're occupying quite an intimate space with somebody, mm. maybe physically, but certainly... Um, intellectually and uh, uh, and emotionally mm. um, that there is this process this biological process of oxytocin you know that it's not the love hormone it's the tuning in hormone yeah and that and that they're slowing down and our bodies map onto another person's biology basically and helps to tune into the other person mm. and it gives it and and the tuning in helps us to digest the information that we're getting from the other person yeah to figure out how we feel about them mm -hmm. and so actually uh, we could have a really strong disagreement with someone about a particular one particular aspect but being in that space might actually help us to find yeah. common ground which is somewhere else entirely yeah. so and also just having that experience of this this experience of intimacy mm -hmm. can actually be can actually be um of value in, in and of itself that's right and that's why the world's done a a number on us by sort of teaching us that disagreement and conflict are bad yeah you know and that we should avoid them and that they're very threatening things because we could be engaging in these things in such a different way with curiosity and sense of this this is building intimacy mm -hmm. but i just want to acknowledge that that is genuinely really hard because a lot of us have been taught that conflict is a terrible thing and we, to be avoided at all costs and it means that you know potentially we're gonna be told that we're a bad person for disagreeing with this person etc like a lot of families don't have great relationships with conflict so, uh, regular yeah. reminder we're yeah. both <laughs> saying that we do this all the time yeah. we just did a podcast about how we completely ignored our new year's resolutions <laughs> twice yeah um and uh yeah so yeah. we don't always get this right we're not always good at this but so. i love that possibility like yeah. just holding that possibility that disagreement could be and I think in, in, in safe areas, it is, you know, like, I don't agree with you that cycling is remotely interesting. <laughs> but, you it's know, not. <laughs> when, well, but, you know, when I, talk, when I talk to you about it and I hear your passion, you know, that definitely yeah. deepens our intimacy, you know, because it makes me see you as this person who's passionate about this thing. And I kind of love that. So that's a very, you know, it's not a very loaded example, but, you know, it's certainly an example where we disagree, but it can make us more intimate rather than less. A good example of this, again, back to politics, is that I don't think that there are. I don't think that it's possible for me to be friends with someone who um, votes Tory. Mm. Um, I could have a disagreement with someone. If, if we have this, if we have a disagreement, and I feel this sense of connection, I can still feel that sense of connection with someone. Mm. Even, but because their values are so different from mine, yeah. I wouldn't choose to act on that connection. Yeah. So I'm not saying that we should all find these moments where mm. of what I was talking about in terms of intimacy and oxytocin with people who disagree with them, we all become friends and hold hands. No. Uh, because we choose friendships. Yeah. Um, which, and so, and we've done a podcast about this, values in a relationship. Yeah. And it's very, very important. People don't talk about it enough. Let's talk about your values and how important they are to you to think uh, at the beginning of any kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. So, there, so I'm not saying that we all need to be friends, but there is a possibility of if we argue and disagree like well mm -hmm. um 
and with empathy and curiosity and um, genuine interest in what someone is saying and and really believing in what I think that's the other thing about Mm. arguing in good faith as well is that is that we have to look upon the other person with kind eyes and think they've really believed this yeah like you were saying about i really do love cycling mj yes i also recognize how dull it is to watch (laughs) the tour de france or giro d'italia or not for you though sit on you know to watch paris roubaix on a a sunday on sunday all day basically all day sunday uh which is in april i'm really looking forward to it Mm. and i've got the belgian beers in last year i made myself some triple cooked fries oh my god you know i was doing it properly you know like really into it yeah yeah it's boring uh, for other people but for me i loved it anyway um (laughs) so yeah i'm uh, so uh all i'm saying is is that we can um we that there is a value to disagreement but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to become friends with people even if we had a nice time arguing with them. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. And I think, yeah, genuinely, it's again, if it's a struggle, then going back to that meta conversation about what does conflict mean for you? What are your past experiences of conflict? So that can inform how you, you know, that rules of engagement of how you agree disagreements will be done with this particular person. I think there is a thing Mm. there about during a disagreement, it can feel it's very difficult to argue fairly all the time and it's difficult to um to not be antagonistic towards the other person and uh, if we're in person like uh, some of our human instincts might be to if we're not if we're quite conflict avoidant or we don't yeah. or we're not really if we're finding it's quite tricky for us or we're starting to feel a little bit triggered we might want to kind of look to places where we um where there is agreement but that doesn't necessarily mean we go towards their position no. so if you i was find to find other areas like you said yeah yeah so if yeah. i were to argue with a tory and you know the, it, it wouldn't make sense to go to the middle ground of me becoming um mm. you know a centrist because that's not really my values i'm definitely left wing mm. but i might find that we're both like uh rear layer or something yeah and I, it reminds me of this thing that the sociologist uh or social psychologist kenneth gergen had um, you know, they, he really looked into dealing with situations where there's a massive disagreement, mm. um, like like pro and anti-abortion or that kind of disagreement, mm-hmm. and was saying it was really useful in those conversations when bringing people together to um, first get people in, t- in the room and find out what were their shared areas. So brought them together without knowing who was who was who on this divide and found what other things they have in common, yeah. so they could humanise each other, I guess then a real sense of asking people instead of asking people to to say here are all the reasons you know here's here's all why you should believe what i believe Mm -hmm. much more like why is this so important to you Mm. and getting people's personal story behind that that and then also asking people what were their areas of uncertainty and doubt Mm. so again instead of people being like this is a hundred percent it's much more like you know on anything we're going to have some areas of uncertainty and doubt um, and he found that, you know, much more helpful conversations were able to happen across big divides mm. when those things had happened. Um, so, again, it's about getting curious about the human being, isn't it? Definitely. Um, yeah. I think another thing that could be done here is to bring feelings in mm. as well as stories yeah. and experiences. The um, And so, again, when I was being um, trained on this stuff, we were showing a video of someone doing... Um, facilitation um on the oprah winfrey show actually in the so oprah was having these big conversations with um trying to get people to think about violence against black people in america and Mm. and and institutionalized racism in america it's really powerful stuff Mm. anyway uh carol our facilitator showed us this video apparently she was lying on her sofa with a bad back and this episode of oprah came and i was like oh my god this is amazing and i record it wow so cool. it's ironic that her i've been having a bad back recently who and knows it's what ironic can come that, of a bad back yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and we saw this video basically it was um it's uh, uh there was a black guy arguing with a white guy and the black guy um was really well uh read on all this stuff mm. and was articulating how angry he was but also just explaining the whole history of racism mm. brilliantly and uh, the white guy was like no 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 this doesn't happen you're imagining it you're imagining oh, it and the yeah. facilitator steps in and said to the white guy mm. just what if he was right yeah how what would make you how would that make you feel and apparently he immediately burst into tears i would feel awful if yeah. i believed in any of the things he was saying because that's not the america that i want to live in i don't want to believe mm. that about this and basically he just 
broke down in tears. Black guy was like really nice towards him, obviously, because he'd done all this work already. Yeah. The white guy's literally doing all this work in front of him. So I think that sometimes that there is that that looking at feelings and mm. looking at experiences and looking at what this actually means to a person, yeah. rather than just arguing about you know arguing like intellectually, yeah, um, and locking horns with someone well, again because often it is about denying feelings isn't it it's thinking that we could have this purely rational cognitive kind of argument yeah. when actually most of the time we wouldn't even be having that conversation if we weren't invested in it emotionally yeah um and if we acknowledge those emotional investments then you know we have we stand a better chance of treating somebody humanely and maybe we stand a better chance at coming to something useful between us as well about how our relationship continues or even about the topic itself yeah yeah so i think that's a thing to think about is Mm. to if you're feeling safe enough and if the other if you feel like you can trust the other person to be vulnerable to tell them about what it is that you're feeling then i think that can be useful because it just brings this other dimension that again yeah yeah, as you're saying humanizes ourselves but also humanizes the other as well again we we need to that goes back to the good faith is what we need to think about do we have that with this person if it's important and then there's i suppose the stuff about how can we make it safe enough if it doesn't feel safe enough but it feels like important then you know if it's not feeling safe enough there are certain structures we could bring in mm-hmm. um so maybe you know you've had that disagreement it's about something you do need to come back to mm-hmm. you know like if we were disagreeing about where we're going with the podcast or something we're going to need to have that conversation maybe it's got heated so the next time maybe we give like you get 10 minutes to say everything you feel about it and I get 10 minutes and when you're talking I just listen and I just reflect back and I check that I've got everything and you get time to you know that that kind of structure for a disagreement can really make it safer if it's one that's got heated before yeah Um, and then bringing somebody else in to help mediate or facilitate um, if that's not possible if it's not really just not going well between two people you know I've done that for folks before and the other folks have done it for me and it just can again you know kind of just bring the heat down a bit and enable people to hear each other like if that person can hold the two peoples yeah you know that I guess that's what a couples therapy does but you can do it in all kinds of disagreements definitely Mm. I've certainly been a facilitator in like a pub situation yeah you know where I've been acknowledging that people want to say something and then say to this person you know we need to listen to this person and making sure that that the conversation is happening in as uh fair and equitable way as possible yeah and I think that um in group situations often people take on those kinds of roles anyway if it is a group situation that's true but I think it's also important to as we I think talked about earlier to think about our own patterns of behavior and how we respond to conflict and to be able to also maybe bring that up with it as part of our meta conversation about how the disagreement ideally yeah and then and and i suppose what's i think a really good rule of thumb is it just isn't useful to conflict as we've sort of said this it isn't useful to conflict if anyone's in a reactive or traumatized place um that the answer is go away self-soothe and don't come back until you're in a a less traumatized place like it just isn't helpful no um but it can be so tempting to stay in it and try and make it right yeah. I think we get really drawn into like we've got to sort this out now yeah. and actually you know ev- all the evidence on trauma is the exact opposite it's yeah. like it isn't good to stay in a traumatized place you know take yeah. time apart do get what grounded. you need to do get grounded and then think how how is it going to be good to have this conversation yeah you know a lot of times you can come back together when you when you've both figured out what was in what was in play for you mm. you can have that conversation and resolve it if not, then one of those structures might be helpful or mm-hmm. having somebody else involved, you know. Um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. it's a lot of work to disagree with someone as well. Yeah. So if, you're, if you are going to do all of this work, then it needs to be with, with someone that it's worth doing it yeah. with or, yeah. you, or you you really do get a good impression that, they, that they're that as interested in doing this yeah. as, as you are. Otherwise, agree to differ is always just yeah, a good go-to. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, let's, let's just leave this. Let's not just have... Com- yeah and, and I think you know in most relationships there are some areas where it's like let's not let's not go there you know yeah there yeah, are yeah certainly fine. you know if we're having lots of different relationships with different people yeah um different kinds of relationships then we don't always have to have those kinds of discussions with the with the same people I don't talk about every topic with everyone no exactly hmm. uh, most things I don't talk about cycling with you <laughs> apart from when you bring it up on the podcast <laughs> 
or... and then I then I get a hole. <laughs> well, I like the idea of these triple cooked fries. I'm like, can we have the triple cooked fries without the cycling? No. No. Wow. Okay, right. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> that was clear. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe one day. It was like a, it's a, it was a self love thing. It's a good self love. Because I was just watching yeah. about like making fries for more than one person. It's a real pain. And when you say triple cooks, what we're we're boiling them? A quick blanch. Yeah. And then a double fry. So the fry mm. is at quite a low temperature. Yeah. Um, to to cook them first, and then take them out, let yeah. them cool, turn Ooh. the oil up, <gasps> and then one last fry to brown to crisp them up. Uh, at a high temperature. They sound good. Yeah, so it's, yeah, Belgians, they really know how to... They know how to do fries. They know how to do fries. Yeah, and cycling. Yeah, they're very good at cycling. <laughs> well, uh, I'll do our Paris-Roubaix special uh, well, in, uh, in April. Yeah. Uh, so listen out for that, dear listener. <laughs> um, it'll just be me yelling at a television. <laughs> I'm sure uh, people would like to. Well, that's basically what we did when we watched Friends, isn't it? So yeah, well, we should do another watch along soon. <coughs> we definitely should. Well, they're good. They're a good, gentle one for us, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, dear gentle listener. We hope you found that useful. Um, remember, every other week our podcasts are on Patreon. So if you want to listen to all of our podcasts, you need to sign up to our Patreon from just a dollar a month or whatever you can afford. So um, that is at patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin. If you want to get any of our zines, I think some of our zines would have been very pertinent to today's episode, particularly mm. the Make Your Own Relationship User Guide zine. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps we should do a zine on disagreements and conflicts or add some stuff in there about mm. how to do that. You know, everyone gets their zines out before an argument starts. And Well, um, I think Alex is working on a zine on conflict as well, which oh. we may want to interview them on the podcast when they get that one out because yeah. it sounded like a corker. Yeah. Um, but anyway, our relationship mm. user guide zine is available for £2.50 at our website, megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. Mm-hmm. And if you want to um, contact us on social media, you can if you want to at twitter.com forward slash megjohnjustin. Don't get into an argument with us, though. No, we do not. I think that was a caveat on the whole show. Is like, we don't want to disagree with people on Twitter. And, you know, the thing is, so the thing on Twitter is that it's difficult because no one, no, people don't have the same rules. Do they? Yeah, exactly. You Different know, the, the structure And where there. are you going to have that meta-communication? Yeah. Exactly. I, I believe maybe there are certain micro-cultures where people have mm. got more shared understanding of how to do things. But, yeah, yeah generally speaking, no. Yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> And, uh, and that's it, yeah. isn't it? That's the, that's the thing. So that's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>